0: You are unmuted. So we begin with a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful for the joy in our heart. So grateful and thankful for the opportunity to come together and to live a life of extraordinary love and support others in doing the same. So we're consciously connecting and communing with the higher Holy Spirit self, recognizing that our life is a life of love and that we are gathering together for the purpose of relinquishing any false ideas about ourselves or our clients we are coming together to know pure spirit, to know the truth more clearly than ever before. We are grateful and thankful to celebrate our divinity and the divinity of all of our clients and all of life. <clears throat> so grateful to open heartedly accept the truth. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So grateful. Uh first I just want to share one quick thing which is that um I'm going to read this testimonial actually from someone in Masterful Living year 1 who uh did um uh Where did it go? Let's see here. Oh, there. Oh, wait a minute. I just had it. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. Why is that not working? This is crazy. I just saw. Uh, um.
1: oh, your teeth look very beautiful and pearly white, though,
0: while you're shirting. Your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. Okay, I don't know why that was a problem.
2: Uh.
0: Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Um, All right, so this is uh, a testimonial from Stephanie Sachs in Masterful Living Year One that she wrote that I can share. Uh, She did her activation session with Connie, and Connie, you may already know this, but here's what she wrote. She wrote, for over 20 years I have suffered through bouts of reflux disorder. This started when I was 29, and doctors wanted." I'm hearing some background noise. I'm just wondering if you're not muted, if you can self-mute. Thank you. She says, um, this started when I was 29, and doctors wanted to put me on Prilosec, but I rejected this method because I did not see it as a solution. My mother has been on these type of drugs for over 30 years, and it never healed her pain, only modified it. On one level. Over the years, I've tried many remedies, dietary breathing techniques, exercises, massages, intuitive healers, etc. All helped to varying degrees, but as I got older, there were shorter periods of calm between the bouts. Currently, I've been working with a massage therapist that massages my organs and kept trying to put my stomach away from my lungs and move towards its proper spot. In late January, I had, so her stomach goes out of alignment. Um, She says, in late January, I had my activation session with Connie. At the time, I was doing, I was going through a painful bout and also had a rib out that was causing me pain in every breath. During the activation session, I started to feel immediate relief. And by the end of the session, my solar plexus had opened, my stomach dropped to its ideal place, the rib completely healed. Since then, almost four months, I have not had a bout of reflux. It is as I imagined in the activation session The feeling of calm and the space in my mind that is now spent with spirit rather than in pain is truly glorious and miraculous. Even my massage therapist was amazed how far my stomach dropped and has stayed in its ideal place. Over the first two months, whenever the anxiety started to be felt in my stomach and the fear of a return of the reflux would enter my head, I would listen to the activation session again. I probably listened to it six or seven times over those two months. It would immediately bring me back to the calm, secure feeling. This also let me truly understand on a learning level, not just an intellectual level, that pain and illness is a thought process that can be healed. I am truly grateful and thankful to Jennifer for creating these activation sessions and the structure to understand and transform. I am grateful and thankful to Connie for learning these techniques and sharing them for a miraculous healing. Blessings to everyone. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. And uh, so I I had a long talk with Stephanie and her one-on-one, and uh, so she told me all about it, and then I asked if she would write it up so that other people would know about her experience. So, well, just a couple of things about this. First of all, I've, I've it's participated in healings like this many, many, many times over the years as a spiritual counselor. And, of course, we'd like to find out what is the magic formula for the miracle, right, so that it can always happen. And it really is in the client. It's not in us. It's always in the client. It's not in us. So I did my part in downloading the activation session and others did their part in sharing it with Connie and Connie did her part in sharing it with Stephanie. And there's no question that Connie's joining with Stephanie was clear that Connie really was, uh, a valuable participant and excellent counselor and still all the credit goes to Stephanie or to God, you could say. And so that uh, to me is just a really important thing because when we are wanting a miraculous healing for our client, it's totally understandable and we must offer that up. Because we just don't know what is the highest and best. We do not know. We do not know. We do not know. And uh, I know for many of us, the ideal situation has been that we work through something, that we experience something uh, in its fullness. I I experienced that when my back went um, uh, got injured. In 2015 it was excruciating and but I I knew it was coming because I uh, a month or so before it happened I was studying the course reading the course uh, sitting in my brother's backyard and I was reading about healing and I felt this little tap 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 that said you're gonna learn more about this soon and I was like oh really <laughs> And um, and I did. I did. I did. And I know that it was the, the best way for me to learn what I learned or it wouldn't have happened that way. So I was talking about this some in the radio show today uh I was reading from the course and sharing uh, that basically the teaching is all the problems that we have and all the suffering and the anger and the hurt and the hopelessness and the loneliness and all of these things are self-inflicted. So, but still there's nothing to blame. We're experiencing the patterns. We we're on Mr. Toad's wild ride and uh, that's, that's what we signed up for. And it is a wild, wild ride. And that's why we signed up for it. So rather than lament that we're, Holding the space for each other and remembering the light of our being for ourselves and for those around us so that we can see and know and feel and hear more clearly. Yes. Alright, so questions about clients and situation sessions. How's it going? What questions do you have?
2: What chairs do you have?
3: Connie? So now that we're pretty much complete with the activation sessions, is there supposed to be another part like the acceleration and then the accountability following shortly? Because I enjoy doing these.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you do. Mm. And I just haven't gotten to the, the, the the signal from spirit to push the button on the activation sessions. Okay. So I, I feel it's coming very soon. And um, it took so long to roll out the study buddies, which is not a complaint. It's just the, the way it was. We learned a lot. And I, I trust always that, that there's a perfect timing, even though sometimes my personality is like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is it taking so long? You know, turn it around, push yeah. it, take it upside down a bit. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, Yeah, I think that people needed to get into those study buddies first. Okay, okay. So I, yeah, and I said in an email, I think, or in class, I can't even quite touch it right this second, but I recently told them in year one. You know, if you feel like you you need to go back, I, said, I encourage people to go back and listen to their activation session. And then also um, uh, if they felt like, you know, that really wasn't helpful to them in some way, because some people, you know, they weren't ready. It was too much for them. M- most people have told me that they found it helpful, but some people have said, you know, they had a lot of resistance that came up or... Or whatever, I'm sure you experienced all of you a gamut of experiences with them. And, um, for, uh, and w- with your own activation sessions, that stuff comes up because it is, in its way, it's highly confrontational and it's highly intimate to, to have a session like that with someone you don't know. I think it's uh, helpful to people at the beginning of Masterful Living because um, a lot of them are ready to jump in with both feet. Mm-hmm. And so their perhaps natural hesitation to share and be transparent with someone they don't know yet um, could fall away with their enthusiasm for being an active participant in the class. So, um Yeah, so uh, some people may wish to do a new activation session. Um, I know one or two people, even a couple months ago, when I asked them, how was your activation session, they'd say, "Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember that. And I think, well, that's
3: significant. Mm -hmm. Maybe do it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like one of the phenomenons you may have heard me talk about. uh, I usually talk about it in the training uh, intensive that I would have clients sometimes who would come in and they would have an issue uh, and we would come to clarity about their next steps with that And, uh, and they'd write it all down in their journal and then they'd come back even just a month later and I'd say, So, how's it going with that commitment, living inside that commitment you made? And they're like Um What I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, Yeah, let's go back and look in your journal. <laughs> it's the same one you have in your hand there. Let's go back. Let's go back to the date from before. And then they look it up and then they go, Oh yeah. Yeah." And we've all done that, right? We, we go, we, the session is so important to us. Gotta have that session with the, the person who's got the mojo to help me, you know, and um, we, we save up our pennies and get that session and we walk out the door and we can't remember anything they said. So we've all done it. We've all done it. And um, it's just part of our learning. Yeah. So some people I, I, I think will will benefit from doing another one and some people will just, you know, they would, um, just keep doing activation sessions if they could. I'm sure you know there's there's all kinds, all kinds. You know, because as long as you're doing the activation session, you're not really moving forward a whole lot. You know, Stephanie um, was very clear when she did hers with you, Connie, and uh, a- according to her, and it it was powerful for her, which is so great.
3: Yeah, and I have been working with her on a, at least a monthly basis, too. So we've been building upon that as well, looking at limiting beliefs. So I'm all excited. I think the activation session is a foundation to get people started. But like you're saying, sometimes they do need to have a spiritual counseling session first to help loosen up that resistance. Yeah. So. Yeah. And- I'm learning my own way of working with people too, like how valuable just having a spiritual contract is with them. That's what I like to go from there. So I feel like I'm giving feedback, so I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> so.
0: No, I think that's great. I think that's helpful to everyone.
3: Well, thank you because I am just feeling a push to totally give up my bodywork practice and just go full force. I'm, I'm resisting myself, but it's like, all I want to do is talk about God. And when we have these spiritual counseling sessions, that's what I get to do. And that's where my heart is. So I thank you and I thank the community for this.
0: Yes. Well, I completely understand and relate. I do. I do, as you know. So uh, clearly you have, um, your, Your passion for spirit, your love of spirit is drawing to you the perfect clients to uh, support where you can learn. It's true for all of us, of course. And that, uh, uh, you know, spirit doesn't have any preferences, no preferences whatsoever. just about what would we like. And so what I know for you, Connie, and for everyone in this program is that your heart's desire is the the desire of God for you and in you. And uh, it's powerful. I I really am so grateful. I've heard so many people tell me how much they appreciate working with all of you. And uh, so you know who your clients are and who I'm talking with, and um, they're just loving it. They're so grateful. And uh, as you know, I just did the intensive. Uh, We had seven people at the intensive, and some of them will come into the certification program. And um, let's see. uh, And... um, yeah, Tamara's not here, but she's she's going to be in the program. Uh, she's already signed up, even though she's not in Masterful Living yet. And um, But we've got some other folks who are in Masterful Living now, and uh, they're excited to get going. And so I've encouraged them to book a session with each of you so they can really see how individualistic it is And learn from that. That was one of the things I was encouraged to do uh, when I was studying to be a counselor was to, I I was required to make appointments with other counselors. And, uh, and that was wonderful. I learned so much from their different styles and it really helped me feel good about my own style. And that's one of the things that, uh, it's really nice about the way Spirit has directed me to do this program where you are counseling each other and that counts towards your hours because, as I think I've told you all, in my my requirement in terms of my giving sessions uh, was I had to do one 20-minute practice session in front of a small group. So that that's not much. And uh, so I really, when I first started counseling people, I really, well, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. I was just in faith. I was in totally in faith, which was a good thing for me, a really good thing for me, because I just listened to spirit. I didn't rely on technique, because I didn't have any technique. <laughs> Nobody taught me any technique. So, yeah. And, so, and because I, that was my way of learning, I don't teach a lot of technique to all of you. Uh, as, so that you follow your intuition and you don't rest on uh, technique, because each person is so individualistic. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, Connie. Let me know how I can support you. Yeah, I'm I'm going to really um, start putting it out more to the larger group of my database you know, which is thousands of people. And um, so, yep, they're coming.
3: I was going to say Lori and I are prayer partners and she's going through transition as well. And we're talking about how the course tells us once we decide, you know, our students have already been chosen for us. It's just us showing up and being ready for them. So yeah. ready to learn. We just have to be ready to learn. And that's exactly it, too. It's like everything my clients bring me, that's the exact stuff. I'm like, I'm working with myself. So it's the one mind. I'm really seeing the one mind. And the other amazing thing is it's not necessarily what I know in these books. It's how am I showing up? That's all it is, is just be showing up to let God work through me. Like Jesus said, he doesn't do anything by himself. It's the father coming through him. So I I feel like I'm witnessing that with these sessions. And it's just, that's the miracle. Step aside and let him come through. It's so
0: true. Uh, If you read, um, I can't remember now if it was in Goldsmith's, Joel Goldsmith's biography or in his book, Art of Healing. I think it was Art of Healing uh, where, you know, Joel Goldsmith, he was working as a Christian science practitioner when tuberculosis was epidemic. And, um, and so it was really uh, a time when people needed some kind of healing help. And <clears throat> so he was seeing, I think it was a hundred and some people a day. And I did the math once, and I thought he's probably doing five-minute sessions for ten hours a day, or something like that. And um, where he, all he did was pray with them. He'd sit with them, pray with them, but a being, boom, you're out. You know, and they were lined up. And he, he was so successful and so powerful in his consciousness. The God power of
2: God was so. He
0: gave the power of God full sway. over his mind so that he was able to be so present Uh, like uh, we those of you who were I guess none of you maybe but um, we looked at the work of uh, and the life of Phineas Quimby who's an amazing person I, I tell you I I really would like to expand this program more and more and more it's so it's beyond exciting to me it's really it's absolutely thrilling and um so goldsmith though uh, people would ask him because people would come to him and he would they would have a healing of tuberculosis in those 5 minute sessions which is not like what it's just the power of god demonstrating it's just exactly connie what happened with stephanie it's exactly the same thing there's no difference um you know, goldsmith may or may not have had more intuitive awareness but it's still the same power of God acting in the same way and so what it teaches us is if we have the humility to recognize I do not do it if I could do it you know cheapers, creepers I don't even want to think about if I was the one doing it. Like, I don't even know. That would cause anxiety. So, but knowing that it's not me, all I have to do is show up. That's it. Try to look a little cute. That's it. You know, to show up in a presentable way so that people want to sit with you, you don't smell or anything, that's the thing. And it's – and people asked him, and I was – Remember his response. I think about it frequently because people would say Joel. How do you do it? And he said I Asked the father and the father does it That's what he said. I asked the father and the father does it and And that is what he did, but he just didn't have in his mind that it wouldn't be done same with Jesus when Jesus healed the, the blind man who had been blind from birth, Jesus didn't have this idea like, oh, I hope this works. You know, he didn't have that idea because he, didn't, he wasn't entertaining separation from God. And there was no opposition in his mind, no opposition in the blind man's mind. And so it's that, wilt thou be made whole? Will you give up your attachment to suffering? I always think, too, I learned so much contemplating the um, the man who took up his bed and walked. You know, that story, I think of that story, there were a bunch of people gathered at somebody's house. They were all shoved in there to hear Jesus come talk. And um, there was a guy on a stretcher, and they couldn't get him in through the door So they had to open up the ceiling, you know, it probably had some kind of thatch roof and they opened up the ceiling and brought him in on the stretcher and laid him down there. And basically Jesus said, "Uh, uh, uh, basically, are you willing to let go of the past? Are you willing? And the man said, yes. And then he said, okay, good. Then take up your bed and walk. And he did. And, um, a lot of people don't have in their mind that it can be that simple. They, you know, and so they they need the talking and the conversation for their ego to accept that it's possible. And then the the spirit of God is expanded in their awareness and they choose the wholeness. But it's not an intellectual thing, and it's not an emotional thing it's a, It's a combination, but it's it's uh there's no formula to it, so that's why it, we we do ourselves a disservice if we try and figure it out. Anybody else like to share anything? Ask a question, bring up a situation, Vanessa.
4: I find it so interesting that Connie began talking about this and Jennifer, you're talking about this because I had this experience yesterday. I got an email the night before from a a client that I don't talk to very often. I talk to his wife more often. And he's also reluctant to share, uh, to request a session because right now he, he can't afford very much of a love offering and it kind of doesn't matter how I fr- reframe it for him. He, uh, anyway, he's reluctant. So he sent me a couple of emails that came in in the middle of the night. And I know what it's like in the middle of the night in the darkness if something's grabbing me. But the content of the emails were very disturbing in terms of the torment he was experiencing and the, the damage that he was holding uh, as a vision of himself So I scheduled a session um, the next day and it was when I read that email very early in the morning, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I was sort of feeling the pain, the torment of uh, how he was experiencing himself and the concern he had for his uh, yet to be born child child will come in about three more months and as i was going to say luckily but as grace would have it right before i went to sleep sometimes i opened this book on healing it was written in the 30s by kind of an old school uh ernest holmes kind of guy and all he talks about is the page i opened up to said the healing is not to see is to not to see any of the condition. In other words, nothing needs to be healed. So my clarity is so strong on my own light and the person's light and experiencing God's light. So that was the last thing I read before I went to sleep at night. And then when I read this email, I kind of got pulled back into the trauma this guy was describing. And I, I know he did have a very experienced, trauma, a lot of trauma in his childhood. And then as Grace would have it, I had a a connection with one of my prayer partners right before this session. So I talked about it with her, and she was holding it in prayer as well, and I was just re-anchoring because I could sort of feel my old psychotherapy hat coming on, like, how serious is this? (laughs) You know, maybe I missed something (laughs) last few times I talked with him. And then I kept remembering just, there's no condition to be healed. There's only light. This is the essence of who we are. Prayer partner was assisting me in that support. And somehow in the opening prayer with him, I I don't know, I can't remember what I said, but, and I asked him about his intention and he said, just to remember, just to remember. And it was like all this, the look in his face was just radiant. And I thought, well, wow, when I was because with support of you know spirit God and prayer support of my one of my prayer partners, I just kept focusing like that 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 old you know spiritual you know keep my eyes stayed on spirit this is all there is there is no condition to be healed there's and I just couldn't believe it, it kind of it took me from, wow, there's a lot more trauma there than I than I realized. To what a beautiful spirit, what an absolutely radiant soul, and the look in his eyes and in his face. And we continued to talk then for the rest of the hour, but you know, I don't even know if we really needed to.
2: Mm.
4: I mean, maybe. Mm. But I just learned a lot from that. And then I noticed today when I was. Uh, deleting some of the appointment emails I read oh because he had sent me two or three emails that night and I and I thought oh I forgot to talk about his sexual trauma <laughs> so I kind of got pulled back into it like I wonder if I should contact and I thought oh wait 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 I forgot I forgot <laughs> so I, I thought okay maybe I'll remember too he what his thing was to intention was to remember it's like oh that's it it's like I got back into a spiritual kind of chiropractic alignment <laughs> like Oh, that's right. And so then I just let that go. So I just wanted to share that. It's remarkable that kind of you and Jennifer have been talking about this. So thank you.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful example, a beautiful example of your willingness and his willingness coming together. Vanessa, I'm going to unmute you. Do you remember who the author is? I can't unmute you. I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. Oh, there it is. So, um, it's Jeffrey. Oh, um, yes. Jeffries. Uh Jeffreys is his last name, isn't it?
4: I think so. I- I'll check and, and yeah. report back. Yeah. That. But it is, it's an incredible. It's old fashioned language, but it's.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. It's
4: beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember that book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Send it to me and then I'll. Um, I'll send a link uh, to everybody. I want to say Brad Jeffries, but that was a guy I knew. No, it was, yeah, Jeffries. I remember that book. Yeah, that is a good one. Old school.
2: I love those old school books. Really do. Dina, how are you feeling since the retreat? Did you have any uh, ahas or insights? I can unmute you. Go ahead. Anything
0: in the, in the um, stop playing small that would be, uh, that applies to your spiritual counseling practice?
5: Yeah, well I'm I'm at work right now, so I'm kind of in a different um mental than I usually am with you guys, but uh got it. Yeah. It it definitely I I I realize I guess what the what the, the other what Connie and um Vanessa are talking about, there can be at times this just incredible merging of your willingness and the healing. And that occurred um when we were talking and I said one of the things that really keeps me draining and keeping me small is my relationship with my son. And, um, and we, you know, worked through it a little bit. And then I, I realized that what I had agreed to, I knew there was something that I hadn't agreed to. And I just, it finally occurred to me that I hadn't agreed to, to not see him as his highest self or his highest potential. And I was just constantly somehow stuck on this judging mode. And it, it kind of, you know, listed in that moment. And then you said, but you can still, you know, express what you would like to him. And then it was like 45 minutes later, I got a text. And he was saying like, oh, I'm doing my five-year visioning plan with my friends. And I was like, oh. And then when I got home, he was, obviously something had really, he had, something was was working for him. And, um, but what I, what I what I picked up on too is, that I have to keep, you know, I can't pick it up again. So I'm challenged to picking it up. So there so the healings, I mean, I guess there can be the moments of healing and there, you know, there's there could be a seeming that you've retracted from the healing, but it's just you picking it up again is what my what my sense of it is. So I'm in that learning phase right now where it's happened and now I just gotta keep my paws off of it.
0: Yeah, that's such a good awareness. You know, we have experiences like that, Dina, because we're learning about the clients. The clients are learning about us. So um, we have uh, experiences exactly like what you're discussing, where it's all about you developing your awareness. And then you can see how that applies to your clients. And so in your awareness of your own experience, have you recognized anything that you could offer to a client who was going through a similar thing?
5: Yeah, I I think I would state it. I think you, you had said it exactly right. And that was, um, you know, to, to see the person in their, for in their perfection and to hold that, Uh, instead of the judgmental ego view, which is, you know, as a parent, you know, it's especially, I think we just get, like, our childhood just emblazons it in our consciousness, and then as parents, we, we, you know, we're, the kids are so much a part of us that it, it just gets passed down, so I think I would just say the same thing, hold them in the highest, you know, the perfect, the healed vision, and then, but then state what's what you would like or in a counseling session, I guess, you know, it would be the same thing. You know, if, if you don't like, if you prefer to not have somebody smoking pot in your house, you know, you can say, but, the, but it's, but holding them in that higher view. And so when I got back, he had, he's like, I've decided to stop smoking. I'm not going to smoke. I need to work on my healing and my counseling. I've signed up for counseling sessions. And, and I did notice though, um, that, you know, he had a little bit of a fallback yesterday, but I, I went in and I said, I just want you to know, I love you, and, you know, and I, I know you work through this, and I just kind of left him alone, um, and it felt better. You know, there, there, were the, there was that urge to sort of grab it, take it back, and be judgmental of myself and him, so I, you know, I would just say it is, you know, the healing is there, accept it. And um, and this is a lesson for me, too, for the parent. You know, I'm learning as well. This isn't just his healing. This is me learning, too. We're helping each other. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to be open to the lessons. And I would encourage a client to um, get ready to see every day. That, that's I wake up and I'm like, what am I going to be shown today? What's my lesson today with my son? You know. Instead of the, oh. Well, you know, he's, he's doing this and he's doing that. You know, real there was that was the big switch for me in the Stop Playing Small Retreat was I'm just not processing him that way anymore.
0: That's fantastic. That's a huge leap.
5: Yeah. And I feel I, I've just the sense of, you know, you've known me for a while. I have, I'm not always in touch with my heart, my feelings. And the sense of gratitude I have as I see him succeed in the different things are just seeing his clarity, you know, and what he's, or at he came into me. I think like, I was just astounded. Like I'd been home a couple of days and he came in and he wanted to know what did I think the difference was in ego voice and spirit voice. I was just like, what? You're asking me that question. So that was really incredible.
0: Yes, it is incredible. I, I remember when I was, um, I think it was when I was studying to be a practitioner. There was someone I knew that their child was, their adult child was, a um, having an experience of intense drug addiction for years, and it really worried my friend very much. And um, it was something that they talked about constantly, and they were just constantly worried about it which is understandable, but I, being a, 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 a new practitioner, I had to say at some point, they weren't my client, but I had to say, you know, I really encourage you to see your son without having any problems, without the addiction, to see him as a pure being of light, perfect and whole, and to give up energizing what you don't like. And uh, I said it just, I think it'll make the world of difference. That was the best I could do back then. And, um, of course, it was both of their learning. And I've, I've learned this too for myself uh, with all kinds of people in my life, to to learn to see them as as they truly are rather than through the lens of my perceptions. And this
5: is the, the conversation that I had with him a couple of days ago. Like he clearly was not seeing him. He, he was seeing himself as broken, damaged, having to work really hard to fix himself. And he was, you know, I was trying to explain to him, you know, that, um, That isn't how I saw him. And I think that, you know, to have somebody who has known you your whole life or as a parent has and to say, you know, I don't see you that way. I see you as perfect. That is just, I think that is encouraging.
0: Very. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the most comforting things that you can say to a loved one who's going through a difficult time. And you wouldn't necessarily say this to your client. But to a friend or a loved one, you can say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but what I know is you're going to go through this, and it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. It's going to be okay, and I'm going to be right here with you as you do that. You're not doing it by yourself. And I I many times have told a client, "Uh, I'm, I'm doing it with you. I'm with you in this. Don't ever think that you're alone. You're not alone in this. And yeah,
5: and it, it, so with our children, our spouses, our coworkers, our they, if I could keep this this healed mentality with me 24 hours, a, well, not when I'm sleeping, maybe, but you know, the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking, I've been processing this thought. You know, what would the world be like if I could do this for everyone and for myself all the time? This would just yeah. be a better experience. Yeah. I want that experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. What's your son's name again, Dina? Corey. Corey.
5: And I told him that I talk about he knows I I said they know about you. I posted that he had he won his boxing match this weekend. He was at a boxing match. And I posted, I said, they know, they know about you. I'm going to post something about you (laughs) winning.
0: Great. I have something to share. I can piggyback on that. If nobody has uh, something they'd like to share.
2: Um,
0: So I'm in this kundalini yoga teacher training, which I'm enjoying very much. And um, there was a, a conversation that uh, came out over the weekend and uh, with someone who is um, being bullied by a relative and um, that comes to visit them uh, uninvited and uh and people and, and so this person in my class was upset and crying and things like that and people started to strategize well you need to tell them this and you need to tell them that and you need to do this and you need to do that and um i'm so grateful that we're committed in our program to not strategizing like that, to not give advice. Uh, I mean, there are times when a suggestion is helpful, but if that's our go-to, we're not doing spiritual counseling. And, uh, but I actually felt really moved to say to this person very strongly, and I didn't have any emotion around it at all, but I, I said, um, to them, Get that person out of your house. Do not let them in your house where they can come in and bully you. Do not allow that. Stand up for that. Yes, you can figure out what to say to them, but they are not going to hear you. They are not going to listen. So just start with get them out of your house. Don't let them in. Don't let them come back and um and i said it in a very forceful way i said this is bullshit uh, you can work with a counselor you can work with a therapist whatever you like i i i don't i don't seek counseling clients cuz i i really i have all i need but so i i said you know I, I could certainly help you with that but number 1 protect yourself and your family from someone who's abusive you have to start there and um, so I just it just came through as a reminder to everyone that uh, one of the main things that clients are coming to you for is they've moved into a managing and coping strategy. And they're trying to figure out what to say, and what to do. But that's not the level of healing that we're talking about. Like, uh, which is just not at all what we're talking about. That's not what... Um, Vanessa was talking about or Connie's talking about what you're talking about Dina it's not about that it's really about how do we see the world are we willing to see the world as it truly is or are we going to keep regurgitating our interpretations of what we think we see so that's where we can really help a client interrupt the pattern. And holding that space for a client is the best way for us to get in shape. You know, it'd just be like if you're a personal trainer and you're out of shape and you say, oh, I'm going to start offering a, a boot camp class five days a week at six o'clock at the park. And uh, you're going to get in shape doing that boot camp. For sure you are. You might not do everything that you put everybody else through, but you're gonna do a lot of it. So you're gonna get in shape. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about spiritual counseling is we can't uh we can't really be effective if we're not doing our own uh healing. Lori? Oh.
1: I was reminded of something this weekend too in regards to being a spiritual counselor and you know, I watched Loving Vincent, the movie about Vincent Van Gogh. And I was inspired because we were doing work in the workbook, Divine Will versus Our Will, chakra number five. And what humbled me so much in watching the the movie and learning more about Vincent Van Gogh was that in his whole lifetime, only one of his paintings sold. It wasn't until after he was gone that people, people saw how beautiful it was. So what that reminded me of as a spiritual counselor was just show up in love. We don't know what these people are going to get out of it. We don't ever have to know, but we are creating something beautiful. So it was just one of those humbling moments of, I don't need to know, and I don't need that pat on the back because it brought to the attention, oh, I kind of do wait for that, you know. It was just another, it was very, it was a piece that I needed to hear, and um, I'm just grateful to have been given that piece.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, uh, Vincent Van Gogh is one of my heroes, for sure. I read, uh, many years ago, I read his letters to his brother, and there's so many beautiful, beautiful quotes in there. He just, he had such a deep love of God, profound sensitivity to
1: spirit. He just kept doing what he loved to do, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter if he was liked or not liked, or he just kept doing it, and um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the movie Loving Vincent, but over a 100 artists made it, and it's all his oil paintings that have come to life in animation, and it's set a year after his death with with Mm. someone looking for his brother to give him the last letter he wrote, and it's just this beautiful journey, and um, it just reminded me that You know, not everybody is going to appear in this world to love me. And the people that know me and that are know that my intention is love. And I'm going to keep, it was just a reminder, keep doing what you're doing, keep loving God, keep offering that love. And just keep showing up. That's all you have to do. It's not about the accolades. Um, If they come, great. If they don't, great. It's just about, you know, just keep on showing up, and um, it, yeah, it was just so amazingly humbling to know he he lived his whole life without knowing how much beauty he brought to the world.
0: Yeah, yeah there's uh, uh, I, I wrote uh, I wrote a blog about him and quoting him, and uh, I love that song. By um, Don McLean, it's my favorite Don McLean song, the one that goes "Starry, Starry Night." Yeah, he wrote that for Vincent. And uh, there was an episode of Doctor Who. It's uh, so awesome. There's this. I mean, the it, it gets really pretty wild and like what? But uh, but there are, there there is that scene with Bill Nighy, who's one of my favorite actors, where he's in the museum. Vincent is in the museum with Doctor Who.
1: That's my favorite, like one of, yeah, that, Linda and I were talking about that. Yeah, it's so great. He brings him, he gives him the gift of coming into the Louvre and walking in and seeing his paintings lining the wall. And I just, like, cried
0: when I saw that one part. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. When I was 15 years old, I think I, I was, my parents took me to Europe and, uh, we went to, um, Amsterdam and we went to the, um, the museum that had, uh, has like a hundred of his paintings. And, um, I'd always thought, you know, Vincent van Gogh, sunflowers, who cares, you know. And um, my my best friend, her mom had some plastic version of it on the wall, you know. And uh, I just was always thinking, what's the big whoop about Vincent van Gogh? Who cares about these sunflowers? But then when I walked into that museum and I saw the first painting, I just went, Wow. And I, I didn't want to leave. I, I mean, I was 15, but I, it changed me being there and looking at his work. It totally changed me. It really, really did. The vibration of his love of God, and I didn't know that then, but his love of just this world that we've created is, was so profound. Yeah. I don't know that he didn't care. That no one uh, liked his work. I think it it did bother him, but he he didn't need that to keep going. Yeah, that's
1: what I meant. He he stayed true to his love. Yep. Yeah. Yes.
0: Anybody have anything else they'd like to? To bring up here, we've got some more time.
2: One of the things that
0: um, is so valuable that uh, it's interesting to me how many oh spiritual teachers, ministers, counselors, and whatnot don't do. I know that you're doing it, but others don't do it, which is they don't have regular counseling. They don't have a regular. Um, session where they can lay everything on the table with someone they trust someone that they can't manipulate and don't feel smarter than Uh, it's really uh, essential that you keep that up and maintain maintain that relationship and while right now you may be working with many different people uh, and it's also important too to Ultimately, have a counselor who is not your friend so that if, so they can say whatever they need to say and not be concerned that it might upset you. They can be uh, uh, totally transparent with you. I, I, in doing the radio show today, I was talking about grief. And grieving with, of course, miracles. And I was—it brought up my uh, when my best friend Kay died. And one of the great things about Kay, she was uh, at the time she was 20 years older than me. Extremely wise woman, wise, wise, wise woman. And she, um, like I, I could say something that I believed. And felt good about, and she could just say, oh, that's not true, honey. That's not true. But she just had a way of saying it that I never felt like she was judging me for one second, because she wasn't. She was just trying to help me. And she was like, oh, you can just, you can just, no, that's not true. And, or whatever she might say to me, like, uh, you know, I'd say, oh, you know, this person, uh, is saying this about me and it kind of bothers me. And she's like, well, yeah, that's because they don't know these other things about you. And so that's why they say that they just sing a portion of it. So yeah, let him say it. She just was always so non-judgmental, and, and you know, and actually she could be quite judgmental, you know, at times she would be like, oh yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, um, but she she didn't mean she didn't love him. You know what I'm saying? She had that ability. And, um, and so I was talking in the radio show today. What a valuable quality that was for me. So it really was when I was grieving, I was grieving the loss of this person in my life who could just tell me like it is all the time. And I always felt they were doing it as an act of love. I never, for one second, ever in one moment ever with my friend Kay felt that she felt she was superior or that she knew more than me. And many times she did know way more than me. And uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to cultivate that um, that you're really here in this world having a human experience. Uh, But your ego is not driving your experience and you really can have an open, clear conversation with somebody and tell it like it is with zero judgment and that they probably won't be offended. So make sure that in your cultivating a relationship with a spiritual counselor, that you're you're cultivating that someone who can really be very straight with you and not put your foot around things, really be direct with you and support you in looking at things that are difficult to look
2: at and
0: in in sessions uh. A lot of clients, you can't really do this with them, but you can start to do it with yourself, which is to say like you have a situation that feels like a real mess and say, you know, kind of put your hands on your hips and go, gee, I wonder why I created this to experience. Ah, ah, I wonder what this is all about. I like to move through this quickly and gather all the insight and the healing that I can and move on to the next thing quickly you know really um, and so to do that with the client you, you could potentially say and like I say it's a rare client but maybe you could do it with each other practice with yourself first but with someone else you might be able to say so Any idea why you might have chosen this way of experiencing this learning? Any thoughts about why? What's going on there? And uh, it it can be, for me, it's very helpful. I've really learned to, to do that from my own life experience.
2: Did you want to share something, Carla? Well,
6: I was hesitant because I wasn't here at the beginning, and so because I was in a session with Lynn, and this is exactly what's coming up. Exactly. Because I mean, not exactly, but what was coming up is Is mine more than this and creating this? And so, my, my, I hear my head, you're saying this, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. And I'm like, and and I hear this voice, how do I do that? I can't do that. It hasn't happened yet. And I'm like, so I didn't want to ask that question because I think I already have it. It is happening. Actually, I think it's our own blocks that my own block that stops it from happening. Mhm.
0: Um, when when you say it's your it stops what from happening the
6: healing. No, I give it the meaning, and I think that that's like slows down the healing. Yes. Mm. So I know it's happening, but I know that's probably why I'm not doing near as much for the the spiritual counseling. Mm. I was because I'm slowing that down because it's healing for me. I know it is. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we have to respect our nervous system. We don't want to blow out our nervous system aggressively trying to spiritually heal because does that feel loving? It doesn't feel loving to me. So we have to be, Honoring, loving, and respectful of where we are, and healing does not get faster because we're pushing, 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 right? Because if we're pushing, 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 which I know a lot about as a eight on the enneagram, right? I think we invented pushing, so um, <laughs> I've invented it, so. Um, When we feel that energy, that's when we can relax, get a foot massage, take a bath, and say to the spirit, help me release this pattern of trying to make it happen and push it. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to stop trying to think I can make it happen. I I I remember I did uh in January, I think it was or early February, maybe early February, somewhere in that period of twenty seventeen, I did a radio show on this topic about trying to make it happen, and where it's so clear in the Course, Jesus says, You can't do it. You do not have the ability to do it. You don't have the ability to make it the
6: healing happen, so stop trying. I I I get that. I understand that. No, I really don't. Probably, I think I do. But and I don't, I'm I'm but's inclusive time. So and I hear you. How to allow yourself to be where you are, yet include the willingness to let go of the blocks that are there, stopping that from happening. It's letting go of
0: the judgment that it should be different and allowing the love to flow. The judgment blocks the love. When if if you you can practice Carla treating yourself um like your child and to put your arms around yourself and say it's okay honey it's okay let's just be where we are and today's a good day to make some cookies to do a little dance make a little love get down tonight Okay. So that's, I mean, that's, those are things you like to do, Carla. You like to do some dancing, right? You like to make cookies. So loving yourself and say, okay, I think this calls for cookies.
6: <laughs> it's its kind of amazing. I know it's over a bit because I realized I was late for this call, but something said, that I should be here. And so I think it's exactly for what you're saying right now. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true for all of us. It's true for all of us. There's love is the healer. So we let the love flow. As long as we're judging, the love cannot flow. Because we're not interested in love when we're judging. We think our judgments are powerful and important and that's what's going to uh, sustain us but it doesn't and so we we learn we learn all about it yeah so it's it's uh, it's very important to respect our, our our physical body and our nervous system our emotional body to honor our emotions everybody's emotional body is different we have different triggers some people are criers, some people are ranters. some people withdraw and isolate. we just we honor respect our ourselves, yeah yeah i'm very I'm just going to mention something and then we'll pray out um, i uh in in doing this Kundalini teacher training, I was doing a, a Kundalini yoga class uh, every day at the spiritual counseling intensive, and people really appreciated it. They asked me to make a video of it, which I did. I'm going to remake that video, uh, and I uh, just like to change a few little things that I've learned since then. But um I'm going to—I I, I was talking with Angela about this because she's starting a yoga teacher training in like a week or so, same Kundalini and. Um, It really, all yoga is so healing to the nervous system, which is so helpful to the emotional system and our stability. You know, having just come from the dentist, where all I did was have an exam and I had a cleaning. But I've had cleanings where I I was crying, you know, because it felt so intense just to have – another person's hands in my mouth and be scraping on my teeth it just uh i'm a i'm a sensitive person energetically and it just is oh i don't like it at all and it's not that i have an aversion to it i don't mentally i have no aversion to it but just my whole physical body is like oh make it stop and um
2: So we, we need
0: to, with, with Kundalini Yoga, it's all about attaining enlightenment and bringing the mind, body, spirit into balance. And, um, and it's not, it's not at all like Hatha Yoga. Well, it's a little bit like Hatha Yoga. It's really quite different. So I, I'm going to, uh, see about making this video again, uh, while I'm here in Maine and it's so beautiful. And, um, to uh, put it out as a 40-day challenge that so people would do this yoga class, be like an hour and 10-minute yoga class, and to do it on a daily basis for 40 days to for attaining enlightenment. And and uh, I'm, the class includes a meditation for healing self-hatred, self-animosity. So it's a really nice pairing. You didn't do it, did you, Dina? The one day I did it for the for for the uh, stop playing small. Here I got you. Oh, I don't know why I can't unmute you. Why that happens?
5: I think I think that we did. I don't. I believe. Did we lay down for the meditation in the end?
0: Yeah. Well, no, you were sitting up. There was a laying down, the shavasana relaxation, and then. The breathing meditation, sitting. We
5: just we only got to do it one day, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It was nice. mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let us be grateful. Let us be thankful. So grateful and thankful for the love of God that's leading us to our liberation. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the Holy Spirit and to share this healing with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we go forth and we let go of the judgments, we let the love flow. We go forth and we give that self-love a chance. We are grateful and thankful to see the light of God in our brothers and sisters and in the mirror. In gratitude, we let the past go. In gratitude, we allow our healing to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. I love you all so much. I thank God for you. I'm so glad you're in my life.